Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. This is Living Without Lies with your host, Donna Warren. You're not alone if you've been the victim of abuse, drug usage, or rape. Living Without Lies is here to help. Listen as Donna Warren assists women across the country break the cycle and help create a new life. So now, please welcome the host of Living Without Lies, Donna Warren. everyone. This is Donna Warren, the host of Living Without Lies program. We're coming to you tonight from uh, BBM Global Network, uh, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about what happens when you never allow your child to suffer the consequences of their actions, and also a little bit about what and how does you know, participation trophies play into this if they have, if you do both things. Now, my Dee, my guest is here as usual. Dee, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, this is Dee Denise Clare uh, uh, with Successful Living Strategies. I'm a life, health, and success coach, and I help people to uh, try to turn their life around, uh, uh, help them to face some of life's uh, most pressing problems, and finding answers that make things easier for them and put them on a positive, more positive track. Okay. Uh, so in talking about the reason I want to talk about the um, problem of not allowing your children to experience the consequences of their actions is I was thinking a lot about my stepdaughter lately. Now, my stepdaughter died in 1993 from as she had AIDS. And one of the reasons she was in the situation she was in is because her father believed that no child should ever have to suffer the consequences of their actions. In other words, daddy rescued her. And when she did something wrong, he fixed it. So she never had to until she got AIDS and died from it. That's the first time in her life she ever had to experience the consequences of her actions. Now, when I married her father, this was something he and I used to fight about a lot. Because I had two sons. He had two daughters. I had two sons. 
he started to do that with my sons and we, we finally came to an agreement that where my children were involved, I'd make the final decisions. Where his were involved, he'd make the final decisions. <clears throat> so, you know, it, how do, I don't know about y'all, but I learned not to do things by because I found the consequences weren't worth it. You know, uh, I, I, I'm old enough that when I went to school, if I did something at school and got in trouble, and I went to a school where they still spanked children in school, I'd get spanked at school. <clears throat> then they'd call and tell my parents, and I'd get whipped when I got home again for doing it the second time. So, you know, I was a lot more careful about getting in trouble at school because I didn't particularly like getting two weapons. You know, I may have deserved them, but I didn't like getting them. So I was more inclined to behave decently at school. What do you think about that, Dee? Uh, I came from pretty much the same time period. And, oh, yeah, you, you don't want to do that. It, it's a very good deterrent. And, of course, it's much better if you've got parents who actually will sit down and help you to understand why the, all the different things that are negative that can happen to you, you know, when you do those kinds of things. Uh, I think lots of times when we're kids, we really aren't understanding so much the reason, but we do understand the punishment and we really don't like it. And, and so we try to avoid it. And uh, many times it can be totally life-saving. And that's, that's the real sad thing about not uh, uh, stopping people from doing hurtful things uh, because you're hurting them uh, because then they see no reason to change their behavior. That's true, and it's true about a lot of things. We all see these entitled children who think that, well, there's a difference between being entitled. Entitled thinks children think they can get everything they want no matter what and basically don't have to do anything to get it. Uh, children that have never faced consequences just don't believe the laws apply to them. They don't believe the rules apply to them. You know, they don't believe any of these things. Uh, they think they can do anything they want to, and if you don't like it, that's your problem, not theirs. Now, my stepdaughter wasn't that bad a person. She got into a lot of mischief up until she became a teenager. At that point, she got into you know, got into drugs as a teenager, and that's when everything changed. Other things were, you know, she might do something at school where she could be suspended, and her father prevented that. Uh, she might break something that belonged to someone else, and her father paid for it. She might get in trouble with the law, and he'd get her out of it. You know, little, but they were basic. They were the kind of things that kids do. You know, you throw a rock through the neighbor's window, maybe on purpose, maybe accidentally. But that causes a problem. But daddy paid for it. She never had any consequences for doing it. You know, with my children, they threw a rock through the neighbor's window. They had to go, they had to earn the money to pay for the window. Or they had to go work for the person to make up for breaking the window, whichever one worked out better for us at the time. But, um, Tammy never had to face the consequences. When she started getting involved in drugs, there were more things. But like I say, Daddy protected her. And in fact, he actually thought she was pretty cool because she didn't have to work. And she'd get anything she wanted and she didn't have to work. And the problem was that well, when she got into drugs, she started getting into something that was not easily, he could not easily protect her from. And uh, at one point, she got extremely angry with me. Uh, he got extremely angry with me because she got pregnant. 
and she was using cocaine. He didn't. He didn't believe me when I told her she was him. She was using drugs. I'm a recovering addict. I know the signs and symptoms, and I knew she was. And when I asked her, she told me she was. And when she got pregnant, I had no. At that point, I had no idea what effect cocaine had on a developing fetus. None whatsoever. And uh, so I called a cocaine hotline and asked them. And they told me everything that could happen. And after I heard all that, I gave her the phone number and told her to call them and talk to them and then see what she wanted to do. Well, after she talked to them, she decided she wanted to have an abortion. She didn't want to, you know, have a child that would have could possibly have that many problems because of her drug use. And uh, so she eventually had the abortion. Well, her father didn't believe in abortion and he blamed me for her having one that I talked her into it. Which I did, and I just gave her the facts. And I personally, I think abortion is wrong. I consider it anywhere from mercy killing to murder, depending on why you're doing it. In the case of my stepdaughter, uh, the, the probability of that child being born with all kinds of serious health problems was high. Because she was using heavily using drugs during the first trimester. And... In that case, I would have considered that, I consider that more on the mercy killing side. Still killing, and I still thought it was wrong. But I don't see how it's morally right to bring a child into the world that you know is going to have nothing but problems because you were doing something that you shouldn't have been. And, you know, this was uh, the only time that she seemed to suffer any consequences because the consequences were she felt so bad about doing it she was she felt guilty you know she wasn't happy about it she felt thought it was necessary but she wasn't happy about it what do you think uh Dee? well gosh it's a terrible terrible thing uh each person has to make up their own mind about what they're going to do uh, uh, I, was, I was my parents tried to abort me and I lived through pure hell um, for 21 years, uh, being abused pretty much every day. But I'm so glad I'm here. And I've been able to do a lot of good. So I guess that's my answer. Um, okay, well, I just heard that we need to go to a commercial. Um, so uh, if you want to talk to us, call us at 866 uh, at 8, 866-451-1451, uh, text me at 732-995-3965, or leave us a message on the, the website, uh, the blog, the radio station's website, the blog underneath our program, and we'll be back in a few. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 BC when the Sumerians invented the first written language and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 BC to the time that men began achieving political power around 3000 BC. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount 
to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net. Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. Hi, folks. Welcome back. Um, I don't know if you had a chance and Dee was talking, you know, about, like I said, with my stepdaughter until she had the abortion, she hadn't ever suffered a consequence of her actions. And she was pretty upset about that. See, for her, unfortunately, things didn't get any better. She, when she got old enough, she left home. She went and moved to Texas. Uh, we live in New Jersey. She moved to Texas with her boyfriend. And a few months later, we got a call from the hospital telling us that she was in the hospital with uh, meningitis. And uh, she had fungal meningitis, and it also turns out that she was HIV positive and had full-blown AIDS. And because while she was into the drugs, she was trading sex for drugs. And, uh, you know, she uh, eventually, her mother was, her mother went out there and stayed with her. Her, You know, then her father and her sister went out to be with her. And, uh, they, you know, she never knew she had it because she asked them to run the test. But she went into a coma before the test ever came back. So she never knew what was actually wrong with her. And this was back in 1993 when they didn't know the effect on women of AIDS. And uh, fungal meningitis is a very common effect with women. And, uh, you know, they eventually made the decision to unplug the machines and let her die. And she did. And when her father came back from Texas and he walked in the house, the first thing he said to me was, Daddy couldn't fix this one. And I don't, Dee, what do you think about that? I mean, I don't so know. Tragic. It is so tragic. I mean, it just, it just is so tragic. And I mean, how many people are out there like that? When, when, when we, when, when we aren't, given what we need so that we can function like like a, a normal person uh, the damage is, is just untold and and it's good that we are doing everything we can to make people aware of why you know people end up the way they do I mean there's lots of reasons we're very very complex beings but you know it's one of those without having the consequences uh, people don't realize what's going to happen they, 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 they don't get it 
and they'll just continue and continue until they reach their bottom. And some people's bottoms are lower than others. Some people's bottoms are death. And so uh, you're not doing your kids any favors by rescuing them. Uh, I mean, you, you want to help them, but you don't want to take the responsibility away from them. There's better ways you can help them than to, um, to take away the consequences. And it, usually the earlier that you start helping them this way, the better it is called tough love. Um, I mean, nobody wants to see their kids suffer, um, but the thing is the damage you do by not, not helping them to face the consequences is far greater than anything you can imagine. Yes, it is. I know with my oldest son, when he finally got a driver's license, uh, he got a bunch of tickets and he lost his license on points. But he wouldn't quit driving, and he kept driving. And by the time he was through, he had 15 charges of driving on the revoked list. Uh, and once the insurance company found out his license was revoked, they canceled his insurance. So he also had a charge for driving without insurance, which in New Jersey is serious. And he ended up losing his license. Now, I could have gotten him out of that. I, you know, uh, I could have paid a good lawyer and, I mean, he still would have lost his license, but not necessarily for that long. Or I might have even been able to keep him from losing it since there was no accident or other than normal speeding violations, you know, other than normal stuff in, involved. But you know what? He wouldn't quit driving. So I didn't do anything to help him. You know, and ultimately he ended up losing his license, I think for three years was the actual suspension, but he ended up losing it for almost 10 years simply because in the state of New Jersey, which is different in most states, but in the state of New Jersey, if you live in my house and you have a driver's license, you either have to have, you know, liability insurance on your own car and on yourself or you are on my policy. But if you don't have a driver's license, they ignore you. So my son could live in my house without a license, and he didn't affect my insurance policy. And, uh, you know, after a year or so, he moved in with his girlfriend. Same thing. As long as he had no license, he didn't affect her insurance. And even when he could get it back, he didn't because his liability insurance was over $3,000 a year. He couldn't afford it. So, you know, for him, that was consequences. He hasn't been in trouble with the law since then. And I'm I'm assuming that the fact that that was such a consequence, he didn't think that breaking any other laws was a good idea. And I'm hoping that that served that purpose. Because I know that my daughter-in-law's, my stepdaughter's death affected all the kids around her, my, my children, their friends. And, you know, my youngest son made one of the, a square for that quilt that went around in the 90s for AIDS victims. He put one on there for his stepsister. And all those, none of those children ended up with serious drug problems or serious any problems because they got the hard, harsh reality that even a teenager could die from doing something like that. What do you think, Dee? Well, I totally agree with you. And, um, you know, I think I'm so glad that that you and I both were uh, able to uh, allow uh, our, our kids to face the consequences uh, 
uh, both you know, your, your kids and, uh, and mine have turned out well. And, um, you know, but, and I really did try, I, I mean, my parents really didn't do much explaining as to why, you know, just because they said so, uh, you know, and if you didn't, then, you know, it was really bad. Um, but I really wanted my son to know and try to understand as best as I could explain it to help him to understand the reason why. And I think most people and, and kids are no different, even though they understand things differently. If they have some idea of why, you know, they're more likely to do it. So I think that helps a whole lot. I just heard that we need to go to commercial. So uh, if you want to call us, it's 866-451-1451, if you want to text me. Or you can leave a message on the blog on the radio station website underneath our program. We'll be back in a few. Essential Nutrients, LLC, is the brainchild of entrepreneur Barbara Burns. Inspired by a desire to help others, Barbara worked with a team of scientists to develop unique nutritional liquid supplements with the goal to improve the quality of your life. Glucosamine, zinc, and calcium are essential to well-being, and this is the focus of Essential Nutrients, LLC. Whether you're a professional athlete, weekend warrior, student, business owner, or homemaker, Essential Nutrients offers products for everyone, including the family pet. And they're easy to take, no pills. Health requires commitment, exercise, a good diet, proper supplementation, and action. So take action today and get your supply of essential liquid nutrients by visiting www.essential-liquids.com. Don't put off your health any longer. Take essential products today and start to measure the difference. Welcome back, folks. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about what happens when you shield your children from the consequences of their actions. And I use the example of my stepdaughter, who she basically, I know I know at least 20 or 30 young people today that are alive today and never got into serious problems because she served as a bad example. Now, I want to look at another aspect of things that can affect your kids. What happens when you go to the other extreme and you give your children and reward them whether they do anything or not. And I'm talking about things like participation trophies right now, um, little leagues, uh, you know, children's sports that don't keep score, and that sort of thing. What happens to them then? You know, the thing is, today, the suicide rate among young people is on the rise. The drug and opioid rate is on the rise. Now, the point is, I'm wondering why. As a former, as a recovering addict, I know why people take drugs. I know why they take drugs, drink alcohol, gambling, and all of the other things we manage to get addicted to. We get addicted to it because we like the way it makes us feel. It makes us feel better about things about ourselves. Uh, in my case, my biggest problem was fear. It, re- it relieved my fear and made life easier to live. Uh, other people, it's their... You know, they don't think they're good enough and it makes them feel better about themselves. There's all kinds of reasons why you, we use things that we become addicted to. But in every case, it's because of something that we're lacking within ourself. That we're lacking within ourself. And I'm wondering if the this business of 
participation trophies, no accountability. You know, you get honored whether you do anything or not. You know, do you even have to show up to get a participation trophy? Is it required that you actually come to the game? Or do you get it whether you come or not? I know you get it whether you play or not. You get it whether you ever do anything worth being honored for. So how do our children measure what they're, when they're good at something? How do they find out what they're good at and what they're not good at? This is something I don't understand. You know, I find out if I try to play sports and I suck, I figure that out pretty quickly. And maybe that particular sport's not for me. Maybe I should try something different. You know, or if it's something that I'm reasonably good at, but I'm not ever going to be a star, then that might make a nice hobby uh, for me. You know, uh, there's a lot of folks out there that play golf that basically suck at it. My father was a good golfer. He he actually played in pro-am tournaments. You know, but he he was good, good enough to play in those tournaments, but not good enough to ever earn his living playing golf. So he made it his hobby, something he did for pleasure, something he knew he was good at. I mean, uh, I think every child wants to grow up to be a rock star or a professional athlete. We all want to. Most of us aren't capable of it, but we want to do it. I mean, my favorite uh, athlete is Michael Jordan and the reason with him is you know he's in my opinion my personal opinion I'm a basketball fan so in my personal opinion he's the best basketball player in the last 50 years but he wanted to be a baseball player so after he stopped playing pro basketball he went into pro baseball and he was good enough to make it to the minor leagues but that was it. He wasn't good enough to go any further in baseball, and he eventually stopped playing and dropped out of it. And uh, I don't have his favorite quote, my favorite quote from him in front of me right now. But, you know, he, he did that, and today, you know, he goes around and he plays golf, and he's pretty decent at that. And he, I know he plays in some tournaments, but again, he'll never be a big golf star. But does the fact that, you know, he wasn't willing – Part of success in life, I know my success in life has come from the fact that I'm not afraid to fail, that I will try things whether I think I'm good or think I have a chance of doing them. If they interest me, I will try them. If it turns out I'm fairly good at it, then it may become a hobby. Some things I'm good at became a profession for me, became a career. But other things, I'm not. They're hobbies. I do them because I enjoy them. Um other things, all kinds of different things. But I, I've been successful in my life because I'm not afraid to fail. But if you don't let me fail, if you don't let your children fail, how are they going to ever figure out what they're good at? And that being good at something is what builds self-confidence in people. And when we have a decent amount of self-confidence, we usually have pretty decent self-esteem. They're not the same thing. But usually people with good with a lot of self-confidence have pretty decent self-esteem. Self-confidence is knowing what, we, what we're good at and what we're not good at. Self-esteem is knowing whether, is believing whether or not we're lovable, whether we're loved, whether we deserve love, whether we deserve good in our lives. That's what self-esteem is. But most people that are self-confident have fairly decent self-esteem. What do you think, Dee? Well, I think... 
exactly what you said. Uh, you're very right about that. Uh, I think a lot of people are scared, really afraid to fail, uh, and they and they believe. Particularly, it, oh, it depends upon a lot how how things are handled uh, when you're a kid. I mean, if you make mistakes and and you're just chastised and made to believe that you're stupid and all this other stuff, it's it's a whole lot harder to uh, you know feel like you want to try it again or try something new because the last experience was really bad. And and the more that happens, the more you believe that if you fail at something you personally are a failure, or if you make a mistake, you personally are a mistake. And, and so that colors your whole life. But when, and this, so I think it's so important for people to understand and parents to really help their kids understand that, that, that it's okay, you know, to make mistakes. It's okay to fail and teach them. You know, it's part of the learning, growing experience. So what do we learn from from the mistakes? What do we learn from the failures? There's a difference between who you are and what you do. And and that's a huge lesson. It was a real hard thing for me to learn. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize there was a difference. I think way down deep inside a lot of us really don't see that there is a difference. And and so I know we go through life believing that about ourselves. And, uh, and and we just are petrified to try new things, and because because we believe that we can't. So you don't try because you think you won't. You, you're afraid you might fail, and you and you're not willing to take that risk. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, and, and you believe that um, you know that you are a failure, and because of all of the bad past. Uh, experiences with no one explaining to you that it's just a part of life. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. But if your family makes it a big deal, if they make, you know, they, if you get in terrible trouble, I mean, I mean, I got in really, really horrific trouble. Um, but I mean, even if it's a small amount, if you are made to believe there's something wrong with you, when, when you do something wrong, you know, then it computes, particularly with a child, there's something wrong with me, and that's almost unbearable for anybody to feel that there's really something flawed about them as a being, uh, and that's what makes it so hard, because it is internalized that they believe that I am flawed. There's something wrong with me. I believe we need to go to a commercial, so if you want to talk to us, call 866-451-1451. Um, Text me at 732-995-3969 or leave us a message on the blog on the radio station's website underneath our program. We'll be back in a few. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. 
A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daily Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Steve Fagan, and I'm president and CEO of Fagan Associates, but I'm also a life coach. I'm here to help you reach your dreams, goals, and objectives. As a life coach, it's my job to be your support, to be your teammate, to help you understand what is your dream, what is your life passion, and then together, we work as that team to help you reach your specific goals. Life is worth living the best you can be. Working with a life coach, you're fulfilling those dreams and goals is your passion, and it's your way of living. Let me help you do that today. Let me help you really reach the best that you can be as a person and live the life you should be living. I'm Steve Fagan. I'm a life coach, and I'm here for you. Contact Steve Fagan at FaganAndAssociatesInc.com or call 1-800-239-2701. And I'll be glad to help you move forward to live the life of success. Reach your dreams, your goals, your objectives. We can do it together. Welcome back, folks. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about when you become a failure and why people don't try to do things. And if they make mistakes, they think they're a mistake. If they if they fail, they believe they're a failure. Now, I have a question that doesn't make sense to me. So maybe maybe uh, someone else can explain it to me. If I never try to do anything because I'm afraid that I might fail, then how do I build any sense of self-confidence? How do I believe that I'm capable of doing anything? And if I think I'm worthless because I don't do anything, then how am I going to have anything vaguely resembling self-esteem? And if you give me a participation trophy, what am I going to do with it other than maybe hit somebody else with it? What value does it have? I'm sorry, I don't understand that. Dee, do you? Can you explain (laughs) that to me? No, great questions, and there's no real good answer because it just doesn't work. And... um, yeah, but it's very good to throw that out because maybe it'll get a lot of people thinking about some of these things and, and we can make positive changes uh, in, in how we see things ourselves and how, how we help our kids when they're, when they're growing up. But, I mean, if somebody had just sat down and explained to me, it's okay when you make a mistake. It's part of the learning process. And so, okay, so we look at it. What did I do? You know, why Why did this happen, and, and how can I do it better next time? You know, if we could make it a learning experience instead of, you know, a punishment or something like, you know, you're just a total bad, idiot, stupid person. Yeah, I, I do find it hard to understand how I'm supposed to build self-confidence if I never do anything. Okay. I mean... There are some people, obviously, all of us have some native talents and abilities. And whether we're not, no, we're not going to not try those things because we do them, we're just driven to do them. So we, if with our native abilities, we should, if there's something that's appreciated by the people around us, we will build some sort of sense of self-confidence and some ability. But what if we don't have, what happens to the person who has no extreme talents, we all have talents, but not all of us have extreme talents. And uh, what happens? Uh, how do you 
how do you go through life thinking you can't do anything and you're worthless? I mean, I was taught to consider myself a waste of oxygen when I was growing up. At least that was my mother's opinion of me. But that wasn't, I had a grandmother who didn't agree with that. You know, and so I didn't have everyone telling me that or I probably would have believed it. But I didn't believe it. My grandmother told me that wasn't true. And, uh, you know, so I basically ignored my mother telling me that. But uh, how do you build a sense of self-worth? If you're if you never have to face consequences for your actions, if you don't ever have to earn, you know, the rewards you get and, you know, you can do anything you want to and still get rewarded for it. How do you do that? I don't understand. Do you? Well, I, I know you pretty much end up with a life of crime and, and violence and and addictions and all kinds of things that you really don't want. Okay. That's not a good thing, is it? No. It's not a good thing, is it? Could that be the reason so many of the young folks today are becoming addicts and why we have such an opioid crisis? That and, of course, culture is, is involved. It seems like these children who don't seem to have any true sense of self-confidence, they get really involved with cult, the, our culture, which rewards beauty and being handsome and, re, you know, having a good body. Could that be why so many of them go to such lengths to try to make themselves look beautiful? to make themselves look handsome or, or, you know, even if they're not a good athlete, to look like they're a good athlete? Is, is that what's going on in our society today? Dee? I think it could be part of it. And it's probably why the suicide levels are going up, too. Uh, and because, I mean, <laughs> the expectations, but then not given the tools to to at least reach uh, something that you can be proud of, something that you, you where you can see your worth, where you can, uh, and unfortunately, we do believe that unless we look a certain way, act a certain way, have a certain amount of money, have a certain amount of lifestyle, certain kind of lifestyle, that there, you know, our worth is judged by those things and our actions, the things we say. But see, the thing, the thing is, we all. I believe each and every one of us are very precious beings and that we really are far more than anything that we have been able to realize up until this point. And it's not what we do, it's just who we are. And, and the more help that we get, the more understanding we have, the more we're going to be able to bloom and just really become all that is in there. A lot of good stuff is in there. But because of fear, because of the pain, because of the rejection, you know, it, it's just buried. And and so, if we can help each other and, and teach each other how to how to turn these things around, I think we are all just going to be able to be so much better than we believe we are. All right, I was just told we need to go to a commercial again. And uh, so if you want to call us, it's uh, 866-451-1451. Uh, you can text me at 732-995-3969. Or you can leave us a message on the uh, blog that's on the radio station's uh, 
website uh, under our program. And we'll be back in a few. Patricia Fayweather Harlow is passionate about the environment and conserving our natural resources. She's written a five-part book series for all ages called Rock with Rodney and Party with Perky to Preserve Wildlife, which brings awareness through these vibrant characters on preserving and protecting our national parks and historic landmarks. Harlow has launched a campaign to mobilize green supporters, informing a united front against big oil, big coal, and the Keystone XL pipeline, and she addresses the controversial practice of fracking in books four and five. She's determined to bring greater awareness to the dangers of drilling and running crude oil through pipelines that cut through pristine landscapes, and she empowers readers to take action in keeping America beautiful. To learn more about Patricia Fayweather Harlow and to purchase her books, visit www.patricia-fayweather-harlow.com. That's F-A-Y-E-R-W-E-A-T-H-E-R. And play your part in preserving the landscape that we all share and love. Hi, my name is Myra Fox, and I am a survivor. I am the founder of the Castle Lewis I Survived Foundation and the author of a series of books entitled I Survived a Murder Untold, which tells the story of my sister and I who were abandoned and left in the care of a woman who beat us repeatedly. Unfortunately, it resulted in the death of my sister, Castle Lewis, which is revealed in a page-to-page chilling story. After spending time in the foster care system, I've documented my suffering and my loss and ultimately my survival. I'm blessed to work daily in my community and surrounding areas to give back by helping others and feeding the homeless. I want to spread awareness of the dangers of abuse. You can purchase my books and contribute to the Castle Lewis I Survive Foundation by visiting www.castlelewis.com or you can call us at 540-999-8401. Thank you. Welcome back, folks. Um, before the break, we were talking about how do you, how can you know whether you're any good at anything, the way things are today. What is it we can do to help our children become confident people with decent self-esteem? You know, I don't want, didn't, wouldn't want my kids to be narcissists, but I don't. I'd rather have a narcissist than someone who thinks they're worthless. And that's a terrible choice to have to make, but I'd rather have it that way. At least as a narcissist, they have a chance of surviving and being successful. If they think they're worthless, they'll be lucky if they don't in some way, shape, or form commit suicide. Be that uh, with drugs, alcohol, or actually commit suicide. And it's terrible. Where did our culture go to the point that we think that, you know, being that failing at something is bad where did that come from it's not been in human history we try things we survive if you if you don't figure out how to do something you know if you don't figure out how to get food you starve to death you know uh even you know even an ant can do that or a little snail out in the garden he can find food and eat and survive when did it get to the point that you know everything had to be perfect Otherwise, we're a total failure. When did our society get to that point? That's a sick idea. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know a whole lot in life that's been perfect. There have been a few things. I know what perfection is. I have seen it. You know, uh, it's not an ongoing thing. It's a, you know, a specific event. 
But when did our society go that you had to be perfect, that you couldn't make a mistake, that you couldn't be wrong, or that if you made a mistake, you know, that something was horribly wrong with you and you should be ashamed of yourself and how dare you be around decent people if you make mistakes? I mean, come on, folks, when did that happen? You look around and you see it today, but when did it happen? You know, it wasn't, I do know that it really wasn't that much that way when I was growing up. It was a little bit that way, but not that much. Or at least I didn't get much of it from my, you know, one side of my family was uh, Irish and Dutch. And the other side of my family was Italian. And neither one of them were into perfection very much. You know, they basically wanted to, you know, they, I learned a lot of bad things from both sides of my family and good things from both sides. But, um. and they were so different that that's why I became very interested in cultural anthropology. But uh, when did this happen? When did this change? I think it's subtly been there for a long time. But today it seems to be the prevalent thought. Our culture seems to demand perfection from everyone. And anything less is considered worthless, useless, and totally a waste of time. What do you think, Dee? When did this happen? Do you have any idea? No, I really don't. I know, and I think uh, not only culturally, but also uh, in families, uh, you know, it's different. If you, you know, depending upon how uh, how mature and how well balanced, <coughs> excuse me, that your family is or whoever your caretaker might be or the people that you end up being around you, I mean, you could end up, uh, with a teacher in school, or maybe more than one, that you know that has a lot of issues, and you know they take them out on you. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why those things happen. But I think you're right that it's becoming more and more prevalent uh, from uh, from what I can see. Because um, I think what happened to me was not really um, the way it was for most people. Uh, but as time has gone on, you know, it, it seems like it's just the way it is. And, and it seems like everything you see on TV and listen to on the radio, it just is really reinforcing this type of thing. Well, you, well, you, particularly where you're, you're not responsible uh, for your actions and, and uh, or somebody's going to take care of you the rest of your life. Uh, uh, you know, these are things that are not really helping anybody. I agree with that. You know, personal responsibility is part of what's lacking in our society. But by the way, our family dynamics and interactions are part of our culture. And we have, all of us in this country, we have at least two cultures, maybe three. We have uh, our family cultures, which you know, we have our ethnic background, and then we have our general American culture. And they are somewhat different, and in some cases, they, they're actually, they conflict with each other. But um, we have all of them. They do affect us, and they do affect our values. You know, if, uh, like you and I were talking about, not too long ago, we were just talking about the fact that where you grew up as a young woman, it was unheard of for you to go to get pregnant and have a child out of wedlock. You know, the young boys that back in those days were told, if you get your girlfriend, if you knock her up, you're going to marry her. Because that was what our culture demanded and expected. Of course, that has changed. 
I'm not saying for the better or the worse, but it's definitely changed. So these are all part of what affects us. And, you know, quite honestly, I believe that our sense of self-worth and, uh, you know, is based on the culture we grow up in. Our sense of self-esteem, um, self-confidence, I'm sorry, our sense of self-confidence is based on what we have accomplished in our life that we've proven to ourselves and to others that we can do things. And, you know, uh, I, the culture has changed and it keeps changing and that's there's clashes between the generations. But I see among the younger people today having been a teacher for 20 years, uh, teaching college-age students and having grandchildren and now great-grandchildren, I see among the youngsters this insistence that they be perfect and that if they're not perfect, they're not good enough. And my God, what are we doing to these people? What is our culture demanding of us, of our children, that they be perfect? Why? Nobody has been. In fact, being human is an ad, you know human being human is the direct opposite of being perfect you know uh, if you're a religious person you've probably grown up believing there was only one perfect human being and i don't care which religion you're in the religion will determine which person you thought was perfect but the point is even most our major religions don't teach that human beings are perfect why how did our society get this crazy notion how did our society get this crazy notion? What do you think, Dee? Gosh, I, I really don't know. Uh, I mean, all Adam and Eve, according to the scriptures, were perfect until they sinned. And, and of course, Jesus uh, was perfect and he didn't sin. Uh, but uh, ever since then, we've all been living in a very imperfect state. And uh, I don't know whether... We're trying to be uh, something that is just really not, uh, we're not able to do, um, you know, in, in the, in the uh, situation that we're living in right now. I, I'm not real sure, but I think that so often we're just made to believe that if we don't keep striving for something uh, more than what we are, then, you know, it's all over for us. All right, and I was just told we need to go to commercial again. So uh, if you want to talk to us, 866-451-1451. Text me at uh, 732-995-3969 or leave us a message on the blog on the radio station under our program. We'll be back in a few. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, Every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted, and every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, know there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage, that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Horses. Mystical. Present. Past. And future. All in one. 
wild, free, domestic, and healing for everyone. Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. Welcome back, folks. Before the uh, break, we were talking about you know, this push for perfection for people. Um, Dee was talking about uh, Christian scripture, since she is a Christian. Um, and depending, no matter what religion you belong to, you have people in that religion that you consider perfect. And, uh, but, you know, there's nothing in any scriptures that I've read from any religion that says human beings are perfect or should be. Perhaps to strive for perfection, but that we're not perfect. And we need to get, you know, stop doing this with our children. We need to stop protecting our children from the consequences of their actions. People, how do you expect your child to grow up to be a responsible adult if they never have to accept responsibility for anything? That's like expecting them to grow up with a good work ethic when they've never had to work a day in their life. Or for that matter, with kids, an hour of their life. Or expect them to know how to work for something when everything's been handed to them on a silver platter and they didn't have to do anything to get it. How are we creating responsible adults? Is, is it really true that our 20 to 35-year-olds that are living in mom's basement are there because there are no jobs? That's not true. The job market's been exploding for the past year. Are they there because they have no skills? No, most of them have skills. Are they there because they're afraid to go out and try and do something because they might fail at it? If they stay home in mommy and daddy's basement, they don't have to worry about being a failure or failing. Is this what you really want for your children and God forbid our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren? You know, now, my grandchildren are not like that. So I have two great-granddaughters, and I pray to God they don't end up like that. I don't think my grandson will raise them that way. I hope not anyway. But uh, our children's futures and our, the future of our country and our children's futures are at stake here. We need to re- raise children that are, become responsible adults. And you can't become responsible if you've never had to accept any type of responsibility. If you've never had to earn anything in your life, you're never going to become a responsible adult. And is this what we want for our children, folks? What do you think, Dee? I agree with you also. And I'm just thinking, too, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, we're everything is created to grow and and if you stop growing then you know then you end up withering and dying uh so there's nothing wrong with striving to improve but to believe that that you know the way things are right now that we can do everything 
uh, without ever having making mistakes, and and even that isn't perfection. Perfection is not uh, a life without mistakes. It's a life with learning how to handle your mistakes. It's a life of learning how to handle challenges as they come up. It's a life of learning how to communicate with others in a way that they can understand and you can understand them and be able to live in a more harmonious life uh, within uh, your community and the people that you interact with. That's that's what that is, and, and I agree. I agree. I agree with you, Dee. That is what it is. The idea is to strive to be better, to learn. You know, and like I said, we want our children to grow up to be. My goal for my kids was for them to grow up to be independent, self-supporting, contributing members of society. I'm very fortunate they have done that. Did they do it without any mistakes? No. I told you about my son and his problem with driving. Uh, You know, they've all had different problems growing up. But uh, I want to tell you now, you know, hopefully, uh, I hope for, you know, that you guys have, uh, it's, we're ready to go. It's time for us to go. And so let me wish you uh, have a nice week, a good weekend. You know, uh, I hope you'll be back to meet with us again next Monday. Have a good weekend, pleasant time, and God bless you. You've been listening to Living Without Lies with your host, Donna Warren. Contact Donna at D-L-U-H-R-S at Comcast.net or call 732-995-3969 for information about the Living Without Lies Foundation. You are not alone on the path to building a new life. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.